to you live from Columbia, Missouri. This is the Hot Corner with your hosts, Patrick Harrion, Michael Imami, and Logan Franz. One hour of nonstop sports starts right now. And good morning, Columbia, and welcome to another edition of the Hot Corner. I'm your host, Patrick Heron. Alongside me is Michael Imami and Logan Francis. It's Thursday, Veterans Day, the year of our Lord, 2021. Already, mid-November, special day in honor, all those who have served. So take some time out of your day if you see someone wearing a veteran's hat, a Vietnam hat, Gulf War hat, any hat you see. Go out, shake their hand, and thank them for their service today. That's my little message for all y'all that are listening to the show today. Having had someone in my family, my grandfather, who served during the Korean War in the Army of Occupation out in Germany, especially to thank all those who have defended this great country and thank them for their service. Yeah, quick note on that, Pat. Again, thank you again to your grandfather for his service and also very important to those out there. As Pat stated, it's, you know, we wouldn't be doing a show today all over the air, over the airwaves. We wouldn't be having the jobs that we have had it not been for those men and women in uniform that gave so much and sacrificed a lot of them, their lives for, you know, this great country. So thank you for your service to all veterans out there, and we appreciate everything you do. Yeah, well said by both of you. I think you guys nailed it. And on a day like today, it's a perfect day to rank Army. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So first topic yes. of the day today, college football. So as you all know, I am a college football degenerate. Yes, and yes. I spent a lot of my Saturday watching games Confirmed. that no one should be. And if I didn't work Tuesday and Wednesday, I'd be watching, you know, Tuesday Night Macdown and Wednesday Night Maction, as you know. My favorite two days of the week when it comes down to the college football season because it is the most wholesome football out there. There's some teams in that, in that conference, and before, you know, they were thinking about expanding, they've apparently halted all talks of expansion, so the Mac may not, may not be getting to Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Those are two schools out in Conference USA that were debating a move up to the Mac or move. I don't know if that's technically a move up. From where again are they coming from? Conference USA. Yeah, isn't the... A, that's Conference it's, USA is another it's group of five, yes, right? So, yes, yeah, Conference so. USA is group of five. So it's, it's a um, it's lateral a, it, move. It, yeah, it's a lateral move. It is a move towards a... Wholesome conference. That's what I'll say. Because <laughs> that's what the Mac conference. is. Yeah, it really is. Just wholesome football. Wholesome football from states like... The like old style football. Ohio. I <laughs> remember we were watching Western Michigan last year. I can't remember who they were playing. It was like Ball State or Toledo. And Western Michigan won the game on a fake spike. So that's yeah, the that kind was, of stuff you get game, when you watch Mac football. That was a game I missed. You did miss I'm that one. very sad Me and our Me one. and our um, friend of the show, Ben, were watching the ending of that one. Yeah, it was, I was very, very fun. I was uh, I was in my room watching it, uh, hiding from those two. Um, and it was actually quite a game. I remember, uh, first off, seeing the fake spike. I believe they also went for two and got it, too, as well. Uh, that game, I believe, was in the upper 40s. They rewatched it several weeks ago. And just because, you know, it, it's unfortunate that there were no fans there, but that was the COVID mm-hmm. era. But, I mean, yeah. I'm sure if there were, I believe they were at home too, so that would have been nuts. So. One of the greatest but, endings to a football game I've seen in a long oh, time. Oh yeah, and nobody was expecting it, and that's the main thing. Is like, you get games like that in the MAC, and uh, you know, obviously, you get games like that in the SEC occasionally, or you know, the Pac-12 or whatever. But yeah, like, but you really don't see. You really don't get yeah, that you really Wednesday don't night MacDown. You, you don't, don't get that. You, you don't see a lot of the crazy plays. I mean, last weekend yeah. we saw LSU pull the fake punt. For a first down against Bama, which we'll we'll talk a little bit about Bama as we get into our college football rankings talk. And that's going to probably. But Patrick, yeah, what? what about the two-step thingy? 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> he does the two-step thing. As for you guys who do not know, I believe it was a Cal-USC game? Or Cal-UCLA? Cal was definitely on one side of it. And one of the players, it was a fake punt, and the punter gets snapped the ball. He brings, his, like he does like a march in place, puts the ball out, pretends he's going to kick it, and then immediately spikes it like a 10-yard pass. Wow. And the announcer goes out there, and he's like, he does the two-step thing, and then just... Because that's as best as you can describe. He does the two-step thing. And that's literally the best way you can describe it. Because there's yeah. really it, it's it's not a fake punt. It's not a passing fake punt. I don't know what the real. It's not a punt either. So like, it's the perfect description. Yes, it was Cal USC. I was I thought it, I knew it was one of the uh, Southern California schools when it came down to that part of it. But you watch that play, and it's like I don't know what they were. What thinking. the heck? Yeah. And honestly, you know. I have no idea what the college football playoff committee is. Not. Oh, look at that transition. Look at that transition. <laughs> there right are there, many. Folks. There are many. Conf- See, that's how you become a good radio host out there, kids. <laughs> Listen to the host right now. Look at that it's, transition. I have a tendency to be very critical of those who are in charge of the college football playoff rankings. As both of you all know, and followers of the show know, I've released my own rankings, which are in the works now. I've had a hell of a week, so I have not had time to really sit down and write out my rankings, which I'll do partially tonight and most of tomorrow night. So th- Saturday morning, I'll miss a couple games that are happening tonight and tomorrow night, but they'll be included in the rankings. Come out Saturday morning, 10.30, get you ready for your 11 a.m. slot. But you you really look at these rankings, and some of them make sense. And then some do not make sense. And as I've mentioned in my rankings last week, when you're looking at the college football committee and their you know, breakdown of whoever's on that committee being 11 uh, representatives from who've either played, coached, or administrative representatives from Power 5 universities and two coming from Group of 5 universities. I don't know if you want to look at that and say, is that fair? It's not. But when you're really looking at these rankings, one team that really sticks out at me is Oregon. Yeah. Oregon is the third, supposedly the third ranked team in the CFP. Yeah. And I really don't understand it. Yeah, I think we talked about that loss to Stanford earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. That's a major disqualifier, in my opinion, um, for a team being ranked that high. And, you know, to be fair, I know we discussed it because we watched it together. They they did rank Cincinnati higher this week, and that was a bit surprising. For a team that only won by 16 points, the CFP was, in my opinion for what they had started out with, you know, that I thought that was pretty, pretty generous. Honestly. Yeah. If Michigan state hadn't lost right. Cincinnati probably wouldn't have moved up at all. They probably would have, they stayed probably would have been, I mean, they may have even moved them down. I mean, so that's yeah, the thing. Maybe. That's, that's this carousel that's going on in the CFP. And, you know, I think, I think that the people of this country really want to see some change. And I think that only, that is only going to happen sadly, if these, you know, crazy losses continue to happen. And and I don't even know. I mean, we talked about, we've been, you know, I've been talking to everybody about does a two-loss Bama have a shot? And I think they certainly do. It only, A two-loss Bama has a shot. Yeah. If Georgia loses a game. Yeah. O- Oregon, Ohio State loses, Cincy loses, and Michigan, Michigan. All these schools have to lose. Yeah. That's the only shot they have, in my opinion, as a two-loss team. They'd have to either... If they lose to Auburn, and then would they even theoretically? I don't know who would. I believe they'd still come out of the East or the West. Um, I can double check that for you real quick. If that were to happen, but they'd have to lose 
I don't if if they lose in the conference championship, they should be out. No matter how close it is, if it's a walk-off t- field goal by Georgia, it shouldn't matter. It'd be interesting if they lose to Auburn, it'd be interesting between them and like A&M to come A&M, out of the A&M West. A&M has the win over Alabama. They do, and they'd both be 5 and 2 in the conference assuming Texas A&M wins does, another conference game. But does but, A&M have the win over Auburn? I believe they do. Um I mean let me check that. I believe they do. Yes, they do. So in that so case, win. if Alabama were to lose to Auburn, Texas A&M has the tiebreaker against Auburn and Alabama and would then come out of the West. It depends on yeah. what happens with Ole Miss but and if, Texas A&M. If A&M beats Ole Miss, then they really have you can't put Alabama ahead of them. It's going to be <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going to be a wild like I mean cuz they don't even I don't Alabama and I'm going to sound like a, you know, a hater. The truth is is we've seen the committee pull something like this before. We 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 know it's it's in their back pocket. We know the bias is there. They've admitted it. Um I don't like people. I like people when they're honest about what they are and I don't like people that try and cover stuff up. The guy that seems to be speaking for the CFP Gary Barta, athletic director have, of University of Iowa. Yeah, I've had some issues with his praise of Cincinnati. If you praise Cincinnati so much, then why the heck weren't they in your top four? Okay, you can say, well, they wouldn't beat Bama. Fine. But I think Cincinnati beats Oregon in this scenario. I really do. I think Cincinnati, it's conceivable that they could have beaten Michigan State. I think so, So too. why are they not in the, in the top four? I can understand putting Bama at two, and I can understand putting Georgia at one. But why isn't Cincinnati at three or four? Okay, let's break down Oregon for a second. Here's all you need to know. The losses to Stanford. By the way, their win against Washington wasn't that great either. And I can tell you right now, with a team like Oregon, you knew I was going to say it. With a team like <laughs> Oregon, it should be so Oregon many. from the college Oregon football playoffs. Oregon from the college football playoffs. There you go. That's the major thing. And so, you know, when you're taking losses into account, Oregon's loss is like a gazillion times worse. They have no business being yeah. in the top four in comparison because Alabama's Alabama's loss was against, you know, a team that, in my opinion, A&M was pretty good to start the year off. Yeah, that's a better loss because A&M is ranked. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. The Stanford, thing, the thing I, I not look, a chance in heck. I look at the, that Stanford loss, and Stanford lost to Cal, Yeah, who then went on to lose to Arizona, who had not won a game since 2019. Right. So you look at this and say, is, is that such a great loss? And people will throw out there and say they only lost because of a crazy pass interference call. Well, maybe you shouldn't have let up 30 points to Stanford, yeah. who is terrible. Yeah. So in that situation, you look at Alabama and, you know, you here's, here's the argument I hear a lot from the college football committee. It's Cincinnati should be playing higher, harder out of conference games. And they did. They scheduled Indiana, who was a great team last year, who should have been in the Big Ten championship. It wasn't for the Big Ten commissioners saying, you know what, let's let five win Ohio State in there because it's Ohio State. Yeah. They were a great team last year. They're not that great this year, but they were great last year. They scheduled Notre Dame, who's in the top ten by the committee, who's in the, who's in the top ten by my ranking. Yeah. Those are two great out of conference games. Yeah. And you look at them and you say, well, they should and then the committee is like, well, just, their schedule isn't strong enough. So it's like, what do you want for yeah, them to and do? The Notre Dame win. The Notre Dame win was by two scores, and it was at Notre Dame, which is a hard place mm-hmm. to play for sure. That's and you look at other schools, win. other schools that are in the top ten. Georgia scheduled Clemson. That's a great out of conference game. Now, granted, Clemson's not as great as we all thought they were going to be this year, but it was at the time a great out of conference game. And then you look at Bama, who schedules New Mexico State. 
Yeah. I don't know what it is with people turning blinders to Alabama. Now, granted, I don't like Alabama, so here comes a little bit of bias here. I'll fully admit that. But you can't be saying strength of schedule matters. And then you look at teams like Alabama, who schedule Mercer, New Mexico State, and Southern Miss in the season, and say, like, yeah, they're fine. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, it's It all goes back to discounting the Group of Five conference. Everyone's like, oh, well, Cincinnati needs to schedule a harder out-of-conference schedule. And they did that. Well, yeah, and that, what I'm saying is because their other con- their conference doesn't make up for it, but because Alabama plays in the SEC, everyone turns blind eyes to it because their conference games are SEC games rather than American and you games. And you look at Alabama. Last week, they played horribly. They played against LSU, a team with a coach who's literally out the door at the end of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they gave up, and they barely win because LSU had a shot to win. They threw a hail mary, and they didn't get caught, of course. And there was a flag at the end of the play; it didn't matter. But you can't look at Alabama and say number two in the country. Yeah, they yeah, have the talent. I just don't. But get every it. year they have the talent. It's about how they put it together. And mm-hmm. this year they're clearly not putting it together. No, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I I love Saban to death as a coach. Oh, and Saban, as a person. Saban is a hell of a coach, but, and I will gladly shake his hand and tell him I don't know how you haven't committed any recruiting violations at this point. So. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he's on the long list of people on my bucket list that I want to meet one day. I think the main thing, though, is is that as good of a coach as he is this year, we you know you can't turn a blind eye to the fact that he just – the team doesn't have it. The team doesn't have it because they, they beat they're Florida not putting up wins. Florida's terrible. They're not putting up quality wins. And we've been saying this since, like, week four. It's like the defense is problematic. The offense – I mean, the defense is allowing, first off, way too many points. Way too many points for an Alabama – esque defense and the games are just too tight and to have a win against LSU like that I am sorry I am sorry I don't care how you can't put lipstick on that pig because right now this situation could not get any worse and yeah when Florida when they picked up that one against Florida they looked good at the time because Florida was highly ranked but I think everybody knew when they watch a tape they knew that there was a lot of holes in that defense that have still yet to be corrected and they're still squeaking out wins at this stage of the game, with that one loss to AM on the road, come on, man. You're Alabama. You should be undefeated. And you know what? I think it's going to come back to bite them because I can see them losing a second game in the rest of their schedule. Yeah, right it's just kind of this whole, like, the you know, turn a blind eye to a Power 5 team losing one game, but a group of five is undefeated and can't, we'll lose two, and can't get, get any respect. Yeah, and, yeah. like, the, or, the Oregon one is the one that strikes me. Like, Alabama, say what you want. A&M's a good team. I mean, I still don't think they should be ranked number two in the country, but say what you want about that. But the Oregon loss to Stanford is what gets me. We all know why they're still there. It's because they beat Ohio State. Yeah. That's the only thing keeping them in there. The thing is... You know the committee looks at head to head all the time. They, you hear them; they preach it, and then you look at some. You look at the sense the, the, the problem with Michigan State, Michigan. Now, Michigan State. Now, granted, I, as someone who ranks college teams, I really don't care about head to head because and it should matter to what have you done last week and what have you done so far. Looking at Michigan State, they should have dropped a lot more than four spots. Yeah, maybe the committee's just like. Oh, it's Purdue. They've done that. But Purdue's not ranked. Now they are because they're going to say, like, look, Purdue's playing Ohio State. It's a ranked team. Ohio State should be number four. Look. And then they'll get slaughtered because that's what usually happens. I don't know, man. Purdue's got a a knack for beating top five teams. I don't think they have another rabbit in a hat to pull out right now. Yeah, I don't think so. But we'll see. It'll be a fun game to watch, I think. It'll be an interesting game, but I think Ohio State will just run the the field with them. It won't be close. And they'll say, like, look, Ohio State, another ranked win. It's like... You rank them because, honestly, yeah, they should be ranked, but you can't just say and they're going to drop out this week and say, look, look at that. It's like Mississippi State with 
they were ranked. They shouldn't have been ranked, and then they got they lost. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting because Ohio State's building another brand, right? I mean, they got C.J. Stroud in there. Young kid coming in. They got Quinn, Ewer, Quinn Ewers, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And that's a kid that I've been, you know, obviously everybody's been following for a long time. And so getting those additions at the quarterback position is so critical and so important for building your talent and building your brand. And I can definitely see Ryan Day in this squad doing a lot in the years to come. But the main thing is, is it was their recovery year this year. And you know what? It wasn't a recovery year. It was a dominate year. They still have played tremendously well. They had a rough start. They've came back. They've rebounded. They've looked good. I think Ohio State deserves all the praise in the world. But I think the main thing is, is when you watch all these other teams and you watch how Ohio State played in particular, and you look at Oklahoma, by the way, who is also undefeated. You want to talk about a two-loss Bama? We talked about how much of a fraud Oklahoma is. Oklahoma's nowhere. He isn't even touching the top four. So, I mean, that's the other thing that I'm looking at right now is here are teams that are one loss that have got, you know, on the verge of two losses, which we talked about, Bama is conceivable. They still get in. And we got teams who are undefeated, depending upon how you look at it for Oklahoma, who have no shot of getting in to the CFP's top four. So that's kind of the interesting thing going on right now is, you know, they're looking at the quality of wins. And I think in some cases they're devaluing the quality of wins over good losses. And I just don't think that that's something that you can do. I, think I, I hate you have to take a win as a win. If, the case comes to, all right, this win is better than that win. I will concede. I think that is a good argument now. But no win is worse than a loss. That I can tell you right now. And if you do think that, we got a problem. It, it comes to a lot of things. And I'm going to ask you guys. I feel like it's important to at least ask you guys what your top four is. Or maybe if you want to do a top five with one team out. Yeah. But when you look at this and you see you know, teams like Utah and Arkansas being ranked over Houston – who, if they were ranked, and if they ever rank Houston, that's a team since he's going to play in the conference championship, if since he continues to win out in the American. That is a going to be a really good game, and it's mm-hmm. going to be one that could determine if since he's all that great as we think they are. I think they're still great. Having seen them, I've, I've watched almost every Cincinnati game since last year. Yeah. And I've even watched some, you know, two years ago. What they have in terms of defense and offense, now it's a little bit a little stagnant. The offense. The defense has been great. Don't get me wrong. Look at the offense. been a little stagnant against Tulsa. Tulsa, then again, played great against Oklahoma State in the beginning of the season and was one score down from Ohio State. The Ohio State, that is your number four ranked team, until the last four minutes of the game. It's by no means a great win, but when you look at how Tulsa's played throughout the season, they've had some bad losses in there. But every... It happens. They have the potential to play great. And they were ranked last season as well. When you look at teams like Utah and Arkansas being ranked over Houston, SMU, Coastal Carolina, I don't understand it. But all these wins in here, Arkansas, Utah, eventually when Utah takes on Oregon, if they play in the uh, conference championship at the Pac-12, it's another, look, they beat a ranked team. They deserve to be there. And it's Now, granted... I am a person who lives and dies by the argument of if you win your conference championship, you should have a shot at the playoff. Yeah. If Georgia wins, they're in. If Alabama wins, they're in. I wouldn't rank. I would, honest, I would take Georgia out of the top four if they lost in the conference championship. If Oregon wins their conference championship and they go undefeated by any of the year, you know what? Maybe they do deserve it. Ohio State, if they win it, if Cincy wins it, it should come down to if you win your conference championship or not. If you have a one-loss conference championship over an undefeated conference championship, that one loss should matter. If if Oklahoma goes undefeated, 
win their Windsor Conference, they should get in. So should Cincy, so should Georgia. And then you really look at Oregon, Ohio State. Theoretically, Oregon would get in over that because they beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I think Ohio State's a much better team than Oregon. I, I would so put too. Ohio State in over Oregon because of that Stanford loss. Are all three of us going to go through our top four? Yes, that's okay. the last thing we're going to do. I've been, I've been, okay. You're giving me some time here because I'm still struggling on who I'd want to put it for. So I have been for a while. What's but. been mine is Georgia 1, Cincinnati 2, uh, Ohio's no Ohio State's I had Ohio I had Michigan State at three they dropped so it's gonna be little preview on Pat's rankings flip flop (laughs) either Alabama or Ohio State four four and three I have Oregon and not even in the top ten so wow not even in the top ten um they need to they still need to prove to me that they deserve it because right now they haven't they don't have the resume Mm -hmm. I am I I think I had them at eleven or ten so maybe in the barely in the top ten. But I don't have them anywhere near the top five. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've got. Georgia, excuse me, Cincinnati, Ohio State, Alabama, or Alabama, Ohio State. Those two can flip-flop. I don't have Michigan in there because I lost Michigan State. Michigan State has plummeted out of my rankings. They're probably like a 10 at this point after their loss to Purdue. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm too harsh, but that's that's the way it I is. I mean, what happened to Iowa because they also lost to Purdue? Iowa, I didn't even rank Iowa. So yeah, so you're <laughs> you're consistent that. there. Yeah. I was because t- about that. Iowa absolutely plummeted in the um, committee's rankings. Michael, do you want to give your top four? Or do you want me to? Uh, I was gonna give mine. Okay, go ahead. Um, without a doubt, Georgia number one, and this is where things get interesting. I have Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and number four was interesting. The reason why I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is because they're undefeated. I I still think that they're frauds, but they're they're in there at four. I'm gonna put Oklahoma actually at four. Okay, y'all can call me crazy because, but here's the thing: Oregon's loss, regardless of how you want to say it, is is bad. It is it is bad. Okay, I know they beat Ohio State. It was bad. Okay, you look at Ohio State's loss. Or excuse me, Ohio State's loss. That's what I was referring to. Ohio State's loss to Oregon. It was that's a rough loss too. I mean, I know it was in a situation. It was in week two, but still, you know, they have that one loss there as well. Okay, you got Michigan, who is next in line on the chopping block here. They lose to Michigan State by four points. Okay, I thought they had a good rebound against Indiana, but Michigan has not been a ranked team all year, according to the schedule list here that I'm looking at. Okay, and then you've got Michigan State, which we all know last week lost to Purdue. And if you want to be there, you can't be doing that. So for me, it doesn't leave me with much of a choice. Yeah, because the last undefeated team here, and I'm not an Oklahoma fan by any means. I'm not a you know you're not an honest Oklahoma. Fan. Not an honest <laughs> Oklahoma fan. But what I am is is I'm an honest man when it comes to stuff like this. Oklahoma has a beat has is beat ranked Texas. Okay, they beat ranked Texas. And that's pretty much it. But, you know, they don't have any other losses in their schedule. And the, the, these, you know, Michigan, with the, you know, the one ranked team they have played on their schedule here, they lost. You know, it's that's a situation where it's just like, oh, what am I supposed to do here? So, yeah. So, to me, it's, it's, it's painfully obvious that that's what the case is. Because I can't think of another scenario in which we say, all right. You know, we got to move this team here. We got to move this team here. You're a one-loss team right now, and you and the one loss is, you know, to a ranked opponent. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, there's some projecting well, that goes into thing. it, and I can use that to kind of segue into my top four. Number one, I have Georgia. Number two, I have Cincinnati. And like the number three, four, and five spots are where I'm kind of struggling. I think at number three, I would have to put I would have to put Oklahoma with the expectation that they win their conference, that they win out win their conference. Yeah. And then I would probably put Alabama four, I would think. It's, that makes the most sense to me, and then Ohio State on the outside. The only two in. that, in my opinion, are concrete is Georgia and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two. Yeah. Anything that falls that is completely up to your your uh, breakdown of the team, your outlook of the team. Yeah, I, I think, don't really care how a team finishes. It's about what they've done now. Yeah, me. well, so, I think there is some projection that goes into it because if you expect Oklahoma is, to win their conference... There is definitely projection that goes into the CFP, and mm-hmm. the AP might do that as well. The AP, in my opinion, is the best poll that there is. But once the entire season's played, that projection goes away because you know what happens. So like, that's where it kind of really, um, really falls in. I think Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12. I think they're going to win out that puts them in the college football playoffs. I think that's that shouldn't be, you know... A undefeated conference champion should be, should be in over a one-loss team that loses, or a two-loss right. team that loses in the championship, or a one-loss mm-hmm. team that loses in their championship. Yeah. In my opinion, that should matter. Mm-hmm. It's just and why... we've come a long way. The one last point I want to make about Oklahoma, okay. we've come a long way, and not necessarily a long way, but they've kind of started to pull away from that narrative that they play opponent, um, bad opponents close. I mean, we saw Texas Tech, they beat 55-21. to 21. Yeah. So that's kind of a... Um, obviously, they need to string more wins like that together, but we do see... We are seeing them kind of pull away from that, like playing down to opponents kind of mindset. And if they the keep te- winning, they the keep Texas winning. The Texas syndrome, as I have called it. Yes. Yeah. Here's, here's my thing, and this, this is the last thing I will say on this. Patrick, you brought up the AP, and... Personally, I think I admire the AP's uh, continuation of using their own rankings in this situation over the CFP. I gave this, I gave these thoughts to you while we were all walking back after getting ice cream downtown, and I had said this because I think I feel I feel that this is true. The CFP, and I know it's grandstanding, and you know it's all, you know, it, it's you know builds revenue up, it builds money up at the last end of the season when they release it. The AP matters for the first, like, what, seven, eight, nine weeks. And then after, like, the eighth or ninth week when the CFP gets involved, it's like, eh, who cares about the AP anymore? The CFP's, the CFP's God now. They're taking over. They're driving the car now. They're the captain it, it, now. It, it now. It now takes over what other, comp, what other polls do. Uh, that, that's, CBS, that's why I'm upset. The that's CBS poll is completely switched over. Meaningless. They used to have too, and that's dropped them to five now. Meaningless. So they're following what the CFP does. The AP could care less, and props to them, because they have Coastal, Houston ranked, two teams that the committee doesn't even look at. The Houston dropping out, not having Houston there is disgraceful, in my opinion. They got them ranked. Penn State, Louisiana. not having them in the week prior was a mess. They they have... They've been falling all year. I could care honestly. The committee I think sucks. They need to have better player, the better people in there, more representation from group of five. If you want an even ranking in there, make it seven or six or six seven or yeah, flip flop. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'll put make me this, on the committee. I'll make this Last quick because we got to head to break. But um, just never forget when the um committee was first like you know being advertised. They had this ad with Cincinnati fans saying oh, no yeah, computers yeah. to keep us out anymore, and now they're still being kept out. So just um, it's. As I've always Just said, keep that in mind. hypocrisy 
at its finest. We're going to take a short break. When we come back here, the big three games of the week. All this and more in a hot corner on KCU 80.1 FM and KCU.FM. Hi, we are peers from the Sexual Health Advocacy Peer Educator Program, SHAPE, at Mizzou. We are stronger than ever this year. To refresh your memory, we provide a variety of services centered around sexual health education to faculty, students, and staff on Mizzou's campus as well as the Columbia area. We provide free barrier contraception methods across campus in residence halls, the Women's Center, and the Student Health Center. We provide sexual health educational programs to organizations on campus. We put on events throughout the year, such as Spectacular and Get Yourself Tested. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Welcome back to Hot Corner. It's time for one of our favorite segments here, the Big Three Games of the Week. So, Logan, run down the scores of how bad I've been. I'm I was winning, still I? working on fading out the music here. But um, we you actually picked an upset right two weeks ago. Obviously, we hey, didn't have a show a last week. Finds a nut every now and then. <laughs> but you um, we did we did pick uh, you did pick an upset right um two weeks ago when we last had a sh- had a show. We all picked Tennessee to beat Indianapolis, which ended up happening. We all beat Arizona. Beat Green Bay, which didn't end up happening, and then Tampa Bay at New Orleans. I was the only one right on that one who picked New Orleans. That leaves the scores at Patrick and Michael tied again, like they were a few weeks ago. They're tied at thirteen, and I currently have eighteen. So you guys have closed the gap a little bit, especially Pat. Well, Patrick closed the gap because his gap was six. It's now five. Michael's gap has widened a little bit. You guys are both down by five. So still plenty of time to pick up some some ground, but we'll we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed with my performance last week. Um, I didn't really have it. You know what I'm saying? Like we we got to get we got to get the guys mine out is, there. Mine, mine is completely expected. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm not exactly. I just imagine we a coach coming out practice. after a big loss and being like, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I expected this. Yeah, I expected this. This is exactly what I thought would happen. All right, first, as you guys know, big three games of the week. Pick our big. Three games of the week and an upset fix. So pretty self-explanatory right there. First game, Saints and Titans. Jameis out indefinitely, I believe, for the rest of the season. And Tractor Cito of the Titans also out for the season as well. Two sad losses there, especially Tractor Cito. Sad to see him go. Really, really makes me want to watch Titan games. But right now, two teams battling off injuries. Saints have Kamara. He's still great. And Titans, well, you have Tannehill. He's been great as well. Yeah. So, really, it's two teams battling injuries, but still performing pretty well, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And the deciding, yeah, the deciding factor here for me. I mean, obviously, the Saints beat the Bucks with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. But what I'm going to say about the Titans is, I think even without Derrick Henry, they are one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah. And I think we saw that against the Rams. I don't know how you can you can make a different argument. They beat the Rams. It was 28-17. I think was the final score there. I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC still, even without, even without Derrick Henry. That was a crazy game. I mean, the the Deontay Foreman 
was the leading rusher in that game for the Titans. Take a wild guess as how many yards he picked up. Um, I, was, I was looking at this yesterday. I think he had like 46. No, he had 29. 29. <laughs> Five rushes, 29 yards. Didn't Adrian Peterson run the Adrian ball 10 Peterson, times? Adrian Peterson, 10 rushes, 21 yards, 21, averaging 2.1 yards per carry. They still won the game by 12 points. Ryan Tannehill, 143 yards, three sacks, one interception, QBR, 79.7. They were not playing well, but you know who was? The defense. Yeah, the defense came up big. And that's that's what matters. And I think that the Titans are finally realizing that when we can't have our best, we got to figure out a solution for that. And that's why I am starting to like them as, a, as an organization right now because, frankly, a yeah, team that adversity. is that adaptable and versatile to where they say, hey, our our effectively the god of our organization is done for the season what do we do now they come right back out they beat a top contender by multiple scores and they do it on the other side of the ball mm-hmm. something that a lot of people weren't thinking about last year because the defense was so bad they cleaned up their act they're playing well yeah they overcome adversity and i mean i have in my notes here they have five straight wins over yeah. the past five weeks including wins over the bills the Chiefs, which isn't as quality as it used to be, but still is a quality win, and the Rams. Yes. What else do they need to prove? They don't. Exactly. Which is why I have them winning this game. As you know, Titans, three-point favorite. They're at the home game, so they get the plus three. So it's a little bit of a coin flip here, according to betting lines, which I despise. But, hey, the only way I can really look at who is the clear, who is favored, and who's not. So I've got the Titans in this one. Pretty self-explanatory. I love how they played the last few weeks. Went over to Chiefs. Still matters a lot to me, personally, because you stopped Patrick Mahomes. Granted, he's had not that great of a season, but it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's been stoppable this season. And you stopped the Rams, which many consider to be an NFC frontrunner. So two wins right there that are, in my opinion, very good quality wins. So Titans are my pick in this one. Yeah, I'm going to say Tennessee Titans get the win against New Orleans. Number five ranked Tennessee Titans get just, the win. Just against, outside the CFP Just rankings. outside the CFP Disgraceful. Rankings. How dare you not put Tennessee <laughs> but the Titans Chiefs, in the college number four. Yeah. Chiefs number four, yes. <laughs> hey, guys, okay. who's making the playoff this year in the NFL? Oh, top four teams. <laughs> first three out. Yeah. I am also picking Tennessee in this one. All right, our second game is the Chiefs against the Raiders. <laughs> All right, I Chris so Berman. Much, I have so much fun doing that. Chris Berman. Chiefs, starting the other two straight wins, went over to Packers last week. Jordan Love as the quarterback of the Packers. Kind of looked like a little lost, pup, lost puppy out there. So I don't know how much you want to consider that to be a great win or not. What? But Chiefs starting the other two wins. Raiders have been the center of controversy this year with the coaching issues and player issues, which we're not going to get into because we haven't talked about any of those things on the show at all. so, But it's important to at least acknowledge them. In the center of controversy, but really that loss to Giants puts the bow on the present there because that is not a good loss. Yeah, I think they had been playing well up to this point, and I think it kind of we saw some some of that drop-off. Um, Rick Passacci obviously coming in as the head coach after the whole Gruden situation. And now they're just kind of in a weird spot. I mean, I think both of these teams are kind of ones that have been struggling. The Raiders less so. Obviously, the loss to the Giants is a big one, but they've still had they still had some quality games before that. The Chiefs had been struggling with a slight win over the Giants and then a win a slight win over the Packers with Jordan Love as quarterback where I think if Aaron Rodgers was playing that game, they would have gotten annihilated the way they played. They just they aren't as special as they were. They've been losing the turnover battle, which is a huge thing, and then 
the Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill just aren't the forces they once were, and there's a drop-off in talent after them. I mean, people always, you know, we went into this season thinking, oh, this offense is high-flying and it's fine. But two safeties deep, you're putting two safeties deep against the Chiefs, and it's safeties working. Safeties deep, 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 and it's you're putting it's them working, deep, and it's working. Right? So yeah, deep, deep, deep. And there's you know no one, el- there's no one else after that. After you know, Hardman, not great. Robinson, not great. There's not as many threats. I mean, the backfield, Daryl Williams, is he really scaring you? Maybe Clyde Edwards Hilaire when he comes off of IR, but he's not a huge force either. So they really have. There's a huge drop off in talent after Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, and they need someone else to step up, and they need someone else to step up soon. Which is why they're going to get Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, who knows? Three, three words that describe the Chiefs this season. What the hell? I mean, literally, that's what it is. I mean, <laughs> no, solid. but no, I don't think anybody expected this. You know what I'm saying? Like they they beat some teams they were supposed to. They're five and four on the year. This is this is embarrassing. I mean, you know, frankly, it, it's come to a point where you play your first nine games, and I think we all were saying, "Oh, it's that Super Bowl hangover." But frankly, now we're more than halfway into the season. I don't think it's it has anything to do with that. I think right now. It's just a talent issue. It's a gelling issue. I don't know if it's, it's not much of a coaching issue because I still think Andy Reid's on the top of his game. The Walrus is still good at his job. Walrus is still good at his job. But, I mean, the fact that I'm talking about Kansas City maybe squeaking in a playoff appearance, you know, like maybe at 11-6, and 10-7, and 7, mm-hmm. which I still can't believe I'm saying because of the gosh darn 17-game season, but that's the truth. It's like, you know, they're not – they're not winning that. There's a good chance that they don't win that division. In fact, there's mm-hmm. a, I'm sorry, very good chance that they don't win that division. And frankly, the team that we we're just talking about that has lost their head coach and one of their receivers, Henry Ruggs, who was having, in my opinion, a very good year this year, um, is in a better position to win than they are. Yeah, and that's the thing I that's was, very surprising. I was going to say the Raiders have been having one of like the quietest, like, division-leading seasons ever. I mean, they're tied with the Chiefs, who have the head-to-head head on them, so they're not technically leading the division now. But they are definitely... I think it's the Chargers' division to lose, but the Raiders can definitely sneak into there. So Yeah, the Chargers, be Chargers are 5-3, and three, Raiders are 5-3, and three, Chiefs yeah. are 5-4, and four, and Denver's 5-4. and four. So, by the way, folks, Very best division, division. best division in football right now, in my opinion, well, actually, the AFC North is touting quite a division. Well, you're not a fan own. of the NFC Beast? <laughs> the NFC Beast has one good team, and the rest are just... <laughs> Trash. Chiefs are a two and a half point favorite. I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. It's you know Raiders beat them once. I mean lost to them once. I think they'll win the second game. So Raiders are the winners in this one. Yeah, I just I was about to say Oakland again. Oh Um, no. I don't know what it is with Vegas, but I think whatever problems they have, Kansas City just seems to have bigger ones. So I'm going to say Oakland. They're the home. Or excuse me, again, again, again. Vegas, they're the home team. They're beating Kansas City on Sunday night. Yeah, it feels weird that we're all taking the same team. I feel like even with them, New oh, Orleans, Tennessee, it um talk, but it's not chalk because they're literally underdogs, which is weird to me. I thought they'd be favored in this one, but I'm going with um I'm going with I almost said Oakland too. I'm going with Vegas as well. They don't belong in Vegas. All right, our final game here is the Seahawks against the Packers. The Seahawks taking on Russell Wilson. Supposedly, he's going to be back. <laughs> and I believe is Aaron Rodgers playing in this game? Yes. He yeah, I don't know if there's been any official word yet, but he should be eligible to come back. So I yes. would imagine he's playing in this so game. So that's gonna be returning of the guard for both of those players. As yeah. he saw last week, Packers Jordan Love. Well, I just didn't love that situation there. So You just didn't love this. Didn't thing. love it. Did not love it. Actually, you know, I did love it because the Packers looked bad, which <laughs> is good as a Bears fan. So take it, it as you will. It is. The Seahawks 
they have been there. Yeah. That's kind of a good way to describe them. That's like thing, you know, the, this Logan called the Legion of Whom is Legion still whom. the Legion of Whom because I don't, honestly cannot name really much of anyone on that defense. Yeah. But the offense, as it has been the last couple of years, is still there. Mm-hmm. You still have DK Metcalf and you have some other receivers as well that can really, you know, pick up when they need to. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett in the big one. And Russell Wilson, when he's back, he can run, he can throw. So, hey, anything's possible in this. Big Russ. Yeah. And I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> The Seahawks are getting healthy this week. Um, D. Eskridge, the rec- wide receiver they drafted in the second round, is finally healthy. He hasn't played a game all season because of a concussion that he suffered in training camp. And he's a guy I'm sure they're anxious to get out there, kind of a Rondell Moore type, if you want to compare him to a um, division rival who touts Rondell Moore. Yeah. And then Chris Carson, supposedly to be activated off of IR, causing a lot of issues for my fantasy team. We need to get into that. But he's... Yeah, the Logan fantasy team. He's expected to be back this week. So we'll see what happens there. Probably going to be activated on Saturday. And maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. It sounds like if there's no setbacks, he'll play. That's what I've been gathering from Chris Carson. But just something we'll have to... um, We'll have to see there. I mean, they're fighting for their playoff hopes, really, the Seahawks. I think they can still... You know, they they would winning out would make them twelve and five, which yeah. is a weird record. But they could win. They could still serve to lose a couple games and still kind of sneak into the playoffs. But they're in a really tough division where they're like four games back on the card. Excuse me, five games back on the Cardinals, depending on how you look at it. Not much of a choice. Yeah, and then the Rams are also really good there too. So they're yeah. gonna need. They would need. It's an uphill battle for them to make a playoff spot. But I don't think they're completely out of it yet. Yeah, you know, Russell Wilson is gonna like clap his hand. He's gonna do the two step thing. Drop back and throw a deep pass to DK Metcalf because you know what? That's what he does. I am a little bit interested. I mean, the, the injury. I mean, come on. The guys. The guys had the ability to condition his legs. The guys had the ability to condition his arms. It was the finger, um, and he still threw a pass with that finger. By the way, so I can't imagine how good he's going to be uh, against Green Bay. But the main main thing that I, I'm look really looking forward to is Seattle is three and five. And I think everyone's looking at the record and they're saying, who cares? And that's the truth. Because this is not a 3-5 and five team with Russell Wilson. This is a 5-3 and three team with Russell Wilson. And so that's the main thing. That's why this game, I think, is on prime time. I think it's why it's flexed. I really hope they don't move it to Sunday night football because I can tell you right now, there's just something about having that game at 325 that I just love. 325 just, on a Sunday afternoon with a big old knee sense. brace on. When we're all sitting on the Rogers. couch and I'm contemplating taking my midday nap. Yeah. And I'm sitting here freaking out next to you about whatever game is on. About whatever o'clock. weird weird Logan's thing just happened. Yeah. On, on, the, on the next tab. Whether it be like on. Lions and God knows who else. And that some <laughs> crazy play just happening. Yeah, I'm like, oh, look at this. Look at this. And Logan named some go, player I've go, never heard go. of before. Some <laughs> third string running back who just ran like 50 yards or something. Olamide Zacchaeus on the Falcons or I something like that. <laughs> He's a wide receiver. All right. Packers are a three-point favorite in this one. Against my better judgment, I am going with the Packers. If you talk, call me talk, whatever. Come at me. I'm a man. I'm 21. You're 40. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Green Bay in this game. I just think they're the home team, and it's November, and Green Bay in the winter months with Aaron Rodgers back. I think it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to put say that Packers. big old knee brace on. Big old yeah, knee like brace I said, on. I think we're I think we're in a situation a deep, deep, where deep, Seattle deep. is going to be. Are you guys done? Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> I think we're in a situation where Seattle is going to be fighting for their play for a playoff spot. I think they're going to come in. They're going to be motivated. I'm taking Seattle in this one. All right, Ann. 
our final part of this segment, the upset pick of the week. As you know, yours truly finally got one right last week. And as a matter of fact, I don't really recall what my upset was. It was New England. I don't have who they're playing. I'd have to double check that, but it was New England. New England was looking a little bit more like old England. Was it over the Chargers? Just ignore what Michael said. I don't remember. I believe it was. It might have been over the Chargers. I should know this as a host. I should know what my picks were. As over the Chargers, yes. Yeah, so I know your picks better you. than you, you know, do. Shame there's on been, you. I've had a very long week. I worked the overnight shift in the morning show last... At KMOU. At, at, at Komu, Tuesday <laughs> night and the Wednesday morning. And I worked last night as well. So I am literally out of the loop. It doesn't even feel like a Thursday to me. So upset pick of the week. There is rules when it comes down to this. It comes to at least four points. At least three and a half points or above. Four is the is the start of what is an upset for me. I have the Falcons over God's team, Dallas Cowboys. Why? Falcons looked great last week. Matt Ryan was the NFC player of the week. So based on that and how the Cowboys looked last week, that whew, I'd like to thank. That was really bad. I'd like to thank the Cowboys for costing me my fantasy week. So uh, yeah, about fa- pa- there you go. Fantasy team, Not yeah. too happy about that one. Pat's fantasy team, yeah. But the Falcons are a nine point underdog, which I'm a little surprised at, but Based on how they played last week and how the Cowboys played last week, I think it is perfectly reasonable to think the Falcons are going to win this game. That's my upset pick of the week. It will be correct. Probably not. But, hey, what can you do? But, hey. Falcons. What you going to do? I'm going to go New York Jets over Buffalo Bills. Okay, folks. I'm crazy, yes. Here's why. Okay, Bills last week against Jacksonville. A lot of problems with Josh Allen. Now, you could say what you want to say. Not, Jacksonville. Not, not that Josh, uh, Josh Allen. More like Jacksonville. Not that Josh Allen. The other Josh Allen. <laughs> that Josh Allen was great. The other Josh Allen, offense Josh Allen, was not great. And so, to me, that was a major problem. And now Buffalo's got to go, well, they're already in New York. They got to go to MetLife Stadium in November, and they got to play the New York Jets. Don't be saying MetLife in November when they play in Buffalo. I understand that. I'm just like, come saying, on. Josh Johnson, who I really hope is playing. By the way, can I? I, I Mike White. Really hope he's playing. Mike White. Mike White. Hive. Give us Mike White. Dude, it's Josh Johnson. Man. The Mike White Hive stays undefeated. Johnson. Mike White. Okay, I'm an idiot for picking this game, but you know what? <laughs> You know what? So, so, I wasn't gonna say so, it. Someone but. cut that. Someone cut that in there. We we need that soundbite. That's that's a soundbite. I'm bite. an idiot for picking this. I'm an idiot for picking this game. But I'm you know just what? Throwing numbers at the wall and hoping. Yeah. This. I'm proud of myself. I woke up this morning. and I said, "I'm a man. I'm 40." I was. I really hoped you were gonna say, "I woke up yeah. feeling dangerous." I woke up <laughs> feeling dangerous. I did. I woke up feeling dangerous, and I'm a man, and I'm 40, and I'm picking the New York Jets. Michael Something just I never thought I would say. J E T E Jets. J E T S. Oh man, I can't even remember who said that at the draft, but it was it was great. Whoever it was, Scott. I thought it sounds like a Pat McAfee quote. No, it was a guy at the draft. They were announcing the Jets pick, and the guy goes, was "My G J E T E Jets select." Was it was it Jim Brown who said, "Uh, with the twenty thirteen twenty thirteen draft pick?" Yeah, What are you talking about there? That's sound right. You're off by a few years. Or when they had some random like actor say Samaj P Ryan's name. I don't remember that one. They had some actor say his name and he couldn't do it. He was like, he was like Samage Perine or Pirine or something Didn't like that. Robert I don't know. De Niro make an appearance in the last five years, or am I crazy? I don't know. The draft is a weird time. Bobby I, De Niro. I, I haven't the exactly. Wa- I, I mean, I've watched the draft every year. I've been, I've been watching. I watched the Definitely. only draft coverage, ESPN. 
Mel Kiper. Nah, man. You gotta get you gotta get DJ on your um. On I'm your not TV, a degenerate. NFL Network. NFL Network coverage. All right, Logan, what's your upset? <laughs> we kind of went off the rails there. My upset actually is also um Atlanta over Dallas. I, I know it feels like it's a bad omen or something, but I looked at that one. I looked at how Atlanta has played in recent weeks. And, you know, um, actually, one of the guys I mentioned earlier, Olamide Zacchaeus, is a guy who stepped up a little bit in um, Calvin Ridley's absence. Obviously, Calvin Ridley taking a break um, for mental health reasons, as he, as he stated. Um, and Cordell Patterson, too, and Kyle Pitts. Both of those guys have really stepped up. Patterson has 278 rushing yards, 459 receiving yards, five total touchdowns. Pitts has 546 yards and one touchdown this season. So you want to see him put more points on the board. But he has been a force. And they're taking on a Dallas team that struggled lately. 30 points given up to Denver, and they didn't score any points until the fourth quarter in that game. So I think the Falcons are 4-4 four and four trying to keep their season alive. They're not out of the woods yet. They're not or They're not out of it yet, I should say. And nine-point underdogs, who cares? I'm taking the Falcons. Who cares? <clears throat> Good minds think alike. I'm telling you right Great now. Great minds think alike. Listen, I'm but telling you right now. rarely disagree. Hey. <laughs> then we might be idiots because I feel like we don't disagree that often <laughs> hey. here. <laughs> hey, Stephen A. Smith quote, I'm telling you right now. We don't care. We, we don't, don't, care. Care. don't care. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, the final word. I'll listen to Hot Corner on KSU 80.1 FM and KSU.FM. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man. Mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, meth. Oh, meth. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Well, you know you make me wanna When you hear that, it means one thing. My favorite segment, and I'm sure everyone's favorite segment, the final word. Rye pick a weird sports story or weird sport. Michael picks a hero of the week, and Logan starts your work day off right with a nice feel-good story. So, without further ado, since this is my first time in three weeks, because I may or may not have missed my alarm a couple weeks ago when I missed the show, but without further ado, here is my story. We are heading back off to England. I mean, excuse me, Europe, I should say. Europe. To a, to a country we I don't think we've been to yet. The country of Germany. Germany. Deutschland. Germany. It's off the Germany. Deutschland. Deutschland. <laughs> That's how you say it. <laughs> Whatever. I'm an American. What could I do? For a sport called sport hockey. Sport hockey. Which what? is a mix of skateboarding and sitting down. The sport involves a participant performing acts, which can be spinning, kicking, throwing, juggling, sliding, etc., and slamming their bottoms down on a stool at the end to show the maneuver is complete. The apparatus that's being used for sports hockey includes a colorful plastic stool with linings made of rubber. The extreme sitting sport was invented 2000, in 2007 by German brothers Michael and Stephen Landschultz, probably butchered that one, that said that enthusiasts of street sports would love their stool because it's a light, lightweight but heavy duty, which allows the, quote, hockerer 
to perform a wide range of tricks while also offers a convenient sitting down position. And you'll see people do skateboarding tricks. They'll go run up, put the board, like the, the actual stool, it's like a bar stool, on the ramp and then pick it up and sit down after it. It makes zero sense to me. And the goal of the sport is to perform as many tricks and as hard tricks as possible together while on their stool. So technically, they also try to do it while they're sitting on the stool as well. Hans Roth, a member of the official sport hockey team, run, official, it's real, by Landschutz Brothers, said that he was fascinated by sports hockey when he saw it during a juggling convention, which I didn't know those even existed anymore. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. And the new German sport craze was even nominated by a sports industry trade soul show for best new product of 2014. I have, there's videos of this, and I'm sure if you look it up, you can confuse yourself even more than I am, but... I never thought I'd ever hear a word basically known as competitive sitting. But hey, here we are. So when are we going to Germany? Here we are. You know what this sounds like? We're going like? to Oktoberfest? This we missed like, it, but like, here we go. October. This sound like, sounds like one of these like video games where you're like October. riding a bike and like you push a button and all of a sudden you just do this random like trick in the air. Like That's what it feels like. That's what it, Based on your description, all, all that's my, what it feels all my, like. All my Skate 3 fans out there know what's up. Let's go. <laughs> that's Tony what it, that's Hawk, what it feels like. You know something? I saw... Um, I, you know, we were, I was working the uh, KOMU shift, folks. I don't mean to flex, but I, I work at KOMU. And, um, you know, they were doing skate, they were skateboarding on, on pizzas. There was this story they were doing of skateboarding, and, and there were little plastic wraps of, of pizzas. And that was, kind of a, that was kind of an interesting, you know, thing in terms of that. I just thought that was really fascinating. And you know what? I said, I thought of Patrick and his final word when I was sitting there, and I started cracking up, and my associate producer had no idea why i was laughing she thought i was crazy so it was fun <laughs> all right michael what's your, who's your hero of the week? anyway um hero of the week this great story comes out of scott jackson from the courier senior sports writer we're not honoring an athlete but we're honoring cheerleaders the peck and cheerleaders help tackle breast cancer Story says Paula Richards had modest expectations for the first annual Tackle Down Breast Cancer Pink Out game. Head coach, the high school cheerleading team had the idea of doing something in conjunction with a Panther football game this past season that would help raise money for a local charity. Local charity proved to be called Bras for a Cause, an organization committed to raising money to insure all Iowans. It's in Iowa. Uninsured or un, un I don't know how to pronounce that word, have access to mammograms, cervical screenings and related medical programs or projects. So just a great story there. Basically saying this cheerleading group came together, they raised money, they spearheaded this campaign to try and um, raise a lot of money for breast cancer. Obviously, November, I believe, is Lung Cancer Awareness Month, uh, as we're moving into that. But um, just a really cool story for them and a really cool story to read about. Um, not just athletes. Cheerleaders, in a lot of ways, are athletes, too but not just on-the-field athletes making headlines uh, this winter. So That is a great story. And um, my feel-good story this week, we go from Germany to Iowa to Pennsylvania to Mars High School, where there is a female goalie on the Mars High School boys hockey team. Um, Let's go. Starts out a little um, sad, the story. She was received poorly by Armstrong High School, the student section Hurled insults and vulgar comments, her direction, and um, the, the high school, Armstrong High School, was punished. It wasn't revealed what that punishment was, but they were, um, they were punished. But she was given a warm welcome this week in front of 1,000 fans at the UPMC Lemieux Center. Um, Monday night when the Steelers were on national television, 1,000 fans still decided to come and support this goalie. 
um, a high school junior that really got swept up in a story that received national attention. It doesn't seem like she really wanted the attention. She hasn't been named in these articles. So, I mean, it's just kind of, she's just trying to, you know, live her life and play hockey. But there were signs in the stands saying things like, we play for change, you are not alone, we love you, and number 71 on the ice, number one in our hearts. That's awesome. And female players from all over, um, all over Pennsylvania really attended. And a quote from... The athletic director at the school says, when the Steelers are playing a home game and all these people who don't really have a vested interest come to support a female goaltender, it really is something. I've been choked up a few times this past week just of how the team and people in general are supporting her. At the Penguins, and then um, he continues, at the Penguins game the other night, it was nice to see her smiling and having a good time with the team. It was nice to see her just being a kid. This has definitely weighed on everybody. She's been going through a challenging situation. To get this kind of attention, I think we're all looking forward to things dying down. So like I said, kind of a story that got some national attention from, you know, the Today Show was one of them that was mentioned, that this kid doesn't really want this national attention. She just wants to, you know, play hockey. So I think, you know, the story dying down after... An ending, not an ending necessarily like this, but just a, a warm welcome kind of after you know being treated poorly at a different school. I think it's a, I think it's a great story. It is a great story, and it's it's not right to do ever ever heckle. I mean, unless the person completely deserves it, but that person she she didn't deserve it at all. It's uncalled for, and the seer. It's the know, nature of the comments too. Yeah, the seer be able to smile again at a game and. It's it's great to see someone like that. She's playing the sport yeah. she loves, and she should yeah, be able to play the sport Shame on she that loves. student section, but I'll tell you what. It's awesome to see how much people gathered around, rallied around her, and came back. This story is one that had a sad beginning, but a happy ending. And I hope she makes it far. Maybe to the Olympics, maybe to the NHL. We'll see, depending upon how good of a goalie she is. But I'm excited. I think it's a great Great way to finish this episode off. And with that, that is the end of another episode of the Hot Corner. Make sure you can follow us on our social media page at Hot Corner Sports. You can follow yours truly at Patrick Herring, Logan at Living Like Logan, and Michael at Mommy Michael. Also, make sure to check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, any other podcast services under the name The Hot Corner. If you have a wonderful Thursday, and do not forget to thank a veteran if you come across one today. So we'll see you next week, same place, same time. So until then, it's been the Hot Corner signing off. And she's loving with that body I just need.